Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello, my name is Karina, and in this podcast, Break Fear, Find Freedom, I have conversations with people just like you who have broken their fear and found their freedom, whatever that may be. And you, and shows you how to do the same. So sit back, relax, grab your coffee or your running shoes, whatever makes you happy, and let the fun begin. Oh, by the way, come take my hand and let's go. The door's opening now. Hello, everybody. Today I've got Joe Solari with me. And um, Joe is an author, a very cool author and a coach. But Joe's not, that's not all Joe is. But I think I'll let him tell us a bit about himself. And then we're going to talk about fear and writing and all the fun stuff, right? Hello, Joe. How are you doing? Great, Karina. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Joe, tell us a bit about who Joe is. Sure, sure. So um, I'm an author and I also work with authors. So uh, I have an interesting business with a partner named Lisa Gardina, where we work with uh, authors, mostly fiction authors that are doing uh, really well, six and seven figures, and we help them with their business. So a lot of our focus is uh, not on the things we're talking about today, but on uh, the the fun stuff that you need to do if you're an author and plan on making a living in your writing, and that's managing your business, payroll, taxes, all that fun stuff. But within that, I, I'm in a unique position to work with highly successful authors and to see how they uh, perform and what makes them overperformers compared to others. So mm. I think some of the topics we're going to talk today, I'll have some interesting insights into um, that you can't really get anywhere else. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> because that's another thing um, we talk about a lot is you think about, you know what, I'd love to be an author, but how am I going to make money off my of my books. I mean, how am I going to make money by selling my books for $2 or $1 or 99 cents? Or um, how does that, how would that look like? Okay. I know that's good. And, and that, uh, and then we'll back off with that. And that, and then, then the fear sets in and thinks, you know what, I can't do this because mm. it's not, it's not a viable option. I can't see it in my head. Um, what would you say about something like that? Well, I think that's a natural way to feel when uh, when you think about how people come into writing and why they want to write a book, right? So they, either they have this, uh, you know, book that they have to get out of their soul and onto paper and in front of people, or it may be a, a dream that they've had their whole life to earn a living from writing. Yes. And what ends up happening is, is that you get into this and you understand that there's a lot more to it than just writing the book, right? We yeah. are an author as well. So you understand there's there's the actual getting that product to market and then understanding that you're not just figuring out how to publish books and sell books, but if you're doing this right, you're building a business. Yes. Right? You're building a publishing business that has uh, its own uh, things that can elicit fear, right? Especially... For any small business owner, you're you're starting a business and you're you're wondering how it's going to go. And this is not the fun stuff like writing and thinking about your story world if you're a fiction writer, and it's not uh, something that's really easy to get good concrete information on. Like you can get a lot of motivational stuff, like live your dreams and start your business and yes, be yes. your own boss, <laughs> but there's not a lot about the practical stuff that Lisa and I work on with authors, which is like, yes, there are uh, techniques and functions that when you apply them to an author business, improve your possibility of success. 
and reduce your chances of the number one thing that uh, wipes out all businesses is run out of money. Yes, yes. So, um, so then the, the, I suppose the fears alleviated a little bit if you've got someone like you who can hold your hand and say, okay, this is the path to take. Because for me, it's like, oh, the writing's so exciting. I'm busy um, editing my book now and it's, oh, it's exciting. And, but I think that's just the beginning. I mean, then, it's, then the work starts, right? And yeah, I, it, it's, 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 and it's not fun work. Right. Like um, when you're working on your craft, even if you're rewriting something you've already written, you, 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 you get an immediate result and you know you're making a better product. When you start to go into the whole process of, OK, this isn't just about getting a book done and selling that book, but it's going to be a lifetime of this same process over and over and over again, uh, then it's not as sexy, right? Because it's yeah. like, you just got to go and make write books. And there's all these other things that start to be equally as important as the creative process. You know, somebody like me might argue they could be even more important. Uh, and then for an author in the author community, which you're, you're part of, you see it a lot. There's a lot of things about, again, how do you, you know, follow that dream. Like how do you know they can get stuff on how to market and how to design book covers and craft. But when it gets into understanding the kind of the day-to-day -day business practices, mm -hmm. there's just not a lot of information. That isn't um that isn't a reflection on an author that they're just a bad business person. It, it's 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 a reflection on the world as a whole that while we say that we really embrace and support entrepreneurs. There's not a lot of information on how an entrepreneur uh, can learn to do these things right. And that's what that's what I do. Is I spend all, I'm pretty unique in the industry. I spend a lot of time, even with beginning authors, of just talking through, like here's the common mistakes authors make when they start a business. Here's where they set themselves up for success and failure. Yes. So, so I'm going to common mistakes. I'd like that, but I'm just thinking, so what would that make a difference between someone that makes it like someone who has six, seven, eight figures in the business? Cause we know there are authors that actually do that and someone who doesn't, I mean, even if we talk, we'll say the books are the same, the, 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 the talent is the same. I mean, but what, besides the actual product makes them different like is it a because what do you do on a daily basis besides writing mm. so that that's a really great question and you know i i actually did a bunch of research and explored this uh really heavily on the marketing side like what would be the differences in their business but i i think there's there's two pieces to this there's one is how they may differ and going to market, but there's also how they differ in um, their their focus and determination. And this isn't like a, a grit, you got to work harder kind of thing. This is um, the reality of this industry is it's a super, super difficult industry. Mm. Uh, most of the people that have the intention to write a book, they mm. never write the book, right? So that the, the product never gets to market for, for the the public to have a say in what they feel the merits are. Um, then when you look at where there has been somebody that's been successful versus somebody that hasn't, that has published, where I think there is a big difference is not in talent because I've seen people that are very talented writers. They can write good prose, but they don't necessarily succeed and what's the difference there mm. well if if you're looking to write a book and get it published anybody can do that mm. right and it mm. can be done at a very low cost yes but when you put the parameter in that says i want to make money from this book right mm. remember that now we're saying i want somebody some stranger to give me money 
for the experience of reading my book. Yes, well, now yes. th they have a say in what success is, right? And that's where I think a lot of people get um, a little bit unhinged is because they're like, well, I, this, I, this is the book I wanted to write. It does not mean that that's necessarily the book that people want to read. Yes. And, yes. and if you miss out on that main component of, um, hey, there's this unmet market desire and my book fits that. Um, if you miss that, your book never takes off. And I think that's one of the key components that um, the successful authors do. Some are naturals at it. Yes. Most aren't. Most learn this. They figure out like, and you this is typically thought of as like writing to market. Um, but I would caution people that might get their backs up with that idea of writing to market. It, it, it gets to what I said earlier there, you can write the book you want to write. Can you position that book to fit with what the market is looking for? Right. Yes. Does that make sense? Okay. That makes sense. So, so you could actually, instead of actually going out and doing the research and discovering what that's what I'm understanding about right to market. Uh, discovering what the market wants, you could actually write your book and then position it to to give it to the people and give them what they want anyway. Does is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, um, if you if you've got a good idea for a story, um, and you're just starting it for somebody that's listening or watching this and just starting this, and it's like, well, how do I apply that? Well. Um, you go to Amazon and you look at what genres are, are what you think this book is going to fall into. Okay. Right? And then you start to look at what those covers look like, what the blurbs read like, because what you want to do is you want to strike this balance between um, what's familiar, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you're, you're an unknown quantity to a potential reader. So they have to feel that it's accessible to them and it fits with what they're looking for. And yes. at this point, they're thinking about what they've read in the past. That cover has to really uh, be explicit as to what, what the story is going to deliver. And I'm not saying that it needs to be a representation of a scene in the book. What it needs to be is it needs to be a visual indication of what the story experience is going to be. Yes. Um, okay. So that and that gets that gets missed. Once I get in there, if I then find that the book fits a lot of the tropes, but it is different, I'm going to be okay with that. In fact, I'll probably like that because it'll be different. Mm -hmm. But if I if I just go into this and I don't try to even get it to align with um, what the market wants, then I shouldn't be surprised if the market doesn't want it. Yes, makes sense. Also, in yeah, <laughs> also in that you can't just like solve that problem by like throwing every ingredient in, right? Like you can't go and say, "Hey, this is a post-apocalyptic zombie romance with space opera and western." Like now, <laughs> nobody's going to be happy, right? <laughs> um, so, and I th I think that that's a lot more technical, but it it's one of the things that like, that's a skill anybody can learn. Right. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, you, you improve your probability of your book being successful. And I, I'm a big believer in what we're trying to do with the business um, is set it up in a way that it is creating as many positive possibilities for you as it possibly can. Yes. Right? Um, not, we all try to have a business plan and it's really easy to say, well, I want, I want to write six books and I want to make a million bucks, but what are we doing to design the business so that whatever kind of gets thrown your way, the business is prepared to make, to, to, to give you the, the best possibilities out of whatever the, the world throws at you. Uh yes. I love that because I've seen, I've seen like people say, okay, you should have a, uh, a, a map or a, a plan for the year, right? As an author, mm -hmm. you need to have, how, I mean, how do you do that? Do you, do you say, okay, I write a book a month or, or I mean, I know it's just, it's mind boggling to me, maybe because I haven't really looked at that, but I've, like, what would you look at and how do you know um, 
that you can actually do that? I, I, this is a really good question. And I not only can I help answer that, but I can provide some tools and solutions for that. And this goes back to uh, a few years ago, I was at a 20 Books Las Vegas conference. And it was a year where there was a lot of talk about rapid release. There was a lot of people that had success with it. And there was a lot of people that were um, uh, trying it out. And there was a lot of authors I was meeting that were in the beginning stages of their career. And they were like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a rapid release. That's my plan. That's my strategy. Makes yes. sense, right? You yes. just heard some author say, you know, I just did this and I rocketed up the charts. Great. Right. right. So when you dig into that, um, you start to see some flaws in the planning because one of the things they would say is like, well, you know, I really need book one to succeed because, you know, that's where I'm going to get the money from book two and book three. So okay. even if you could write a book a month, you've designed a plan that is doomed to fail before you even started because it's unfunded. Right? Yes. So yes. When, you start yes. to, when you start to unpack that and you say, okay, well, in today's world, um, an, a, a, a reader has a lot of choices. And when they look at your series on an Amazon page, do they see a multiple book series? It's that's been out for a while with some reviews and it's like built up or do they see one book out and a couple books on pre-order? There's, there's thousands of those. Right? Yes. Yes. And so they're just going to, because they know, you know, a lot of these readers, it's like, if it was an eight book series and it, I would, I would start reading it and I would read all eight books, yes. but I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start a series when there's one 300 page book and I don't know if the other ones are ever going to come out. So they're just not going to buy, right? Mm. So what ends up happening is, is that that newly starting author is like, you know, I wrote these books and I'm like halfway into the plan and I don't have the money to pay my editor and I don't have the money to buy books or book covers. What happened? How did it break? It's like, well, it was broken to begin with. Yeah. So I, I built a tool that's on my website, just called the, the author's capital planner. And it uses some just basic questions for you to figure out how much money you're going to need to do your launch for the first five years. Okay. And it can be just, it can be a little depressing. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't want it um, because, you know, if, if you're an author and you do this and, and the plan says to you, well, you need $3,500 to do this. Yes what what happens next well do you um rush into this thing as you originally planned well then you're going to get the results we expected you're going to run out of money right we figured that out already yes but what yes. we can do now with that model is we can try testing some different iterations like well maybe um you don't have to write as many books because or you have a lot more time than you think because in the meantime you need to save up the money to launch Okay. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, but that, what ends up happening is, is yeah, you have to deal with disappointment and that sense of urgency you might have to get your career started. But the model will show you that no, you can't do this in thirteen weeks. It's going to take three years. Okay. And knowing that, that leaves you in a better spot because, like, okay, now I know I need to save up the money and I, it's going to take me two and a half years to do it. And I got time to write the books. And then in the future, when you do launch, you've got the money there, you've got the books ready. And now you can actually do a rapid release successfully okay. versus one where you've set it up to co completely fail and be like, then you're getting on Facebook. Like, why didn't it work for me? Cause like, he didn't do a rapid release. <laughs> Yes. You launched oh. <laughs> a book and you right? You you launched a book and you hoped it was going to pay for future books. Yes. That's, yes. Yes. We know that plan fails. <laughs> or as, as low probability of success, I should say. So um, as an author, you should have a bit of a backup plan. So you can't just leave your job and go and become an author, right? Unless you've got um, a lot of money saved that you can actually do this. Yeah, well, you know, and I, 
I believe if, if this is your dream and you want to go, you know, quit your job and do this full time and you've got the money for runway, then do it. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, you know, if you're not, you know, this is a funny one. If you're not prepared to bet on yourself and your writing career in that kind of way, why would you expect a traditional publisher to give you a deal? Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like they, they're, they're like, you're, you're not willing to risk your own money on this, but they should risk theirs. There's just some flawed logic there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if instead we look at this thing like, hey, I want this to be successful. I am going to uh, do this thing very deliberately. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to think through the steps and do it right. Because here's the thing that just as human beings we tend to filter out. We see the folks that are seven figure authors and we're like, wow, how did they do that? It was like, it happened overnight. Yes. Yes. It, it, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. And I know because with my clients, uh, I've gone, I've seen their backlists and I've gone through to understand their business. And I've seen their, they've got titles that maybe that they never published or they published and they took down. Mm-hmm. Or they still have titles out there that are doing horribly compared to some other stuff they may be doing under another pen name. The good and bad thing about this is that it takes time to build the audience and yeah. to get your voice, right? Like you have to get that. Like you have to, and, and this all has to marry up onto uh, where people are writing what they love. And there's people that love reading that. That's when Mm. the money gets made. Mm, mm, mm. That takes time. Like either one of those functions has time associated with it. You can't get away from it. Um, It it just, if you're not, the cool thing is you get to write and get paid. Like think about it this way is like, Oh, you know, I I launched this book and came out and it only made me $200. And, you know, I spent, $800 to get it out. Mm -hmm. Well, over time, it will probably make that money back. It may take 10 years, but (laughs) you got paid to go do some work around getting your craft better and marketing, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a chance of finding real live paying readers, right? And maybe that first book, you only find 10 people that really care about what you write. Mm-hmm. It's 10 people that, that you didn't have before. And that becomes the seed audience for the next time you launch. Right. So now yes. there's at least 10 people showing up on sale day because they want to read book two. Mm-hmm. And now you get 15 or 20 people. And it's this, this is the part that people don't have the patience for and get very disappointed that it doesn't go faster. Mm. And all and, and the whole marketplace is driven by what I call cumulative advantage. It's, it's that you, the, this particular round, even if it's your first round, the resources that you gain in this round are used for your benefit in future rounds. So it, for a good second launch, you have to have the audience stick around from your first launch. Yes. And then it keeps building and building and building and building. And then all of a sudden, it seems like it happened overnight and it didn't. Yes, yes. So, so now how do you and and obviously now you've got to you've got to have the consistency and the and the patience to actually go through all these iterations until you get to where you want and I suppose that's also why um there's so many few well I don't know how many seven figure authors there are compared to the the people that don't make it to that mm. level yeah so let's talk about that what's what's interesting is is there is there's more millionaire authors today than there's ever been in history. Okay. What hasn't changed is the, the distribution of the population of how many millionaire authors there are, how many six figure, how many authors that make $50,000, how many authors books never make more than $10,000 in a lifetime. The number of people that don't write more than one book, like th- those percentages don't mm. change. It's a very, very steep curve. Like it, 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 we can see that, you know, one and a half percent of the titles on Amazon make 65% of the money. 
that, that we can see that by just looking at the data on Amazon and the ranks of where the books are. We know that uh, on any given day, a rank between 100 and 120,000 is selling about a book a day. So that means that with eight and a half million titles and 3,000 titles coming out a day, wow. that there's, this is a very small portion, that, that 120, yes. right? Divided by eight and a half million, right? Hmm. And within that group, those titles, a lot of them are, multi are the same author, right? It's the, the successful authors, they may have 20 titles in that top 120,000. Oh, yes. Right? So it's, it's, it is a very small um, population compared to all authors. That hasn't changed. But your chances of becoming one is greater just because you have the chance today to actually write a book and get it into the marketplace. Mm, mm. You couldn't say that 20 years ago, you'd have to get a traditional deal and you'd have to find an agent, all that stuff that was really gate blocking you. The cool thing today is, is who the market is going to pick as a winner that that could be anybody, right? I mean, there's yes. people that are making mid six figures in genres that didn't exist 10 years ago. <laughs> well, right? Uh, yes, um, yes. And because you don't have to um, have, you get more per book as the author, you don't have to make as much to earn a living. Mm -hmm. So in the old days where with the traditional deal, you had to be really successful to, to be in a position to earn a living. As an indie author, if you're doing this, um, you know, moderately well and publishing enough books, I mean, you, you can get to a, a living wage um, with a lot less titles and work than you could if you had in the old days with the trad deal. Mm -hmm. So it's better to go the indie author route than anywhere because, I mean, trade deals now aren't, aren't as prevalent, are they? I'm not sure. Well, I think this gets back to what we were talking about earlier. Um so if you're going to sit around and wait for somebody to see that your particular book merits <laughs> them to invest in, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you and I are publishers and we have a million bucks we're going to spend in 2022, um, we owe it if, to ourselves or to our shareholders that that million bucks comes back as a million two or a million eight. So we have to pick. We're using a portfolio method, right? We're going to pick. We're going to we're going to give money to authors we know are going to be super successful. We probably already have them in our portfolio. We're only going to spend a little bit of money to test out markets. Mm -hmm. And I think the part that a lot of authors that are still thinking kind of in the old methods, the new way that publishing companies are thinking is, okay, well, we'll just go and look who's already succeeding as an indie, and we'll offer them a deal. Uh, to come yes. over, right? Because they've proved they've they've proven there's a market, mm. right? So, like if you and I, like I said, if you and I were going to open a publishing business, I'd say, okay, let's pick a genre that we know we can evaluate good manuscripts in, and let's just go and use Amazon as a data source to find up and coming authors, mm. right? Mm. Um, that so we let we've already had the the market kind of show us, okay. They're at least selling a book a day. Can we get them more because we get them better covers or better editing, or we have distribution that they wouldn't have? That that's how business models work in the 21st century. It's mm -hmm. very data driven. So um, the days of um, some editor seeing your book and rushing into their boss's office and saying, "We have to publish this book. Stop the presses." That doesn't happen. <laughs> But also um, with the indie, you know, as an indie author now, you've got all these these distribution these distribution platforms like Draft to Digital or whatever Smashwords or whatever. I mean, do you is it even worth it to go the trade route? Of course, it's it's a, it's an honor and a privilege, right, to have your book published by these people. But how much don't you make more as an indie author anyway? Well, depends. So that gets back to what we were talking about earlier. In some cases, just because there's less middlemen, you don't yes, have to sell yes. as many books to make as much money. So that's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's the second nice. thing is, is well, let's pick a genre like um, military science fiction. Um, 
what we know from uh, our clients that are selling books in that genre, eBooks, which was a great business for years and continues to be an amazing business, mm. pales in comparison to audiobooks. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. They can Makes make sense. far more, and that it's a new audience. These are people that wouldn't read a book, but they'll mm. listen to a book. So, mm-hmm. so now, as an indie author, I take my content and I, I I partner up with a good narrator, and I may pay them a lot of money to narrate and engineer the book. But if I do that, then I own the 100% the rights, paid them, and I can make so much more money. Um, so I can do things that in the past, maybe, you know, for some cases, like traditional publishers just weren't interested in. They just, mm-hmm. you know, because they were very focused on where are they really strong? Well, I'm strong in distribution to retail and print. So that yes. like, that's great. That's all changing. It's all, mm-hmm. all changing. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that as, as, you know, as you're going through this and you're, it can get a bit overwhelming. The, the, the thing to keep in mind is, is that no matter what, there's this relationship between the reader and the writer. Mm-hmm. The writer creates this content, the story, the reader wants to have that experience, how they're going. And I use reader, you know, and writer in, 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 in just as terms, it could, we don't know what the medium is going to be, right? Yes. We it could be in five years' time. It's super easy. You can make a movie sitting on your desk. You know, yes. we don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. Yes. Yes. Um, but if you can create content, then you have opportunities, right? Because you're you're bringing this value out of your imagination into the real world, hmm. where it can be monetized. Um, and as long as you remember that, it may be a little. I hope it's a little less overwhelming. Um, for somebody that's thinking about becoming an author, mm. there there is opportunities that we can't even imagine coming. Mm. So I think maybe the first step is actually just once you've written the book, just publish it and see what happens. Right? Well, not really, but I'm just saying at least take that 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 risk, even if it's one little step at a time. Well, here's the other thing that's great about indie publishing is like, okay, um, let's say I, I, I say this a lot. You better hope your first book is not your best book. Okay. (laughs) Because if it is an amazing like blockbuster does a bazillion dollars, oh my God, where did this come from? You got to follow up. Uh, The second act is going to be really hard. Yes. More of us are in this other camp, which is we we, we learn by doing, Mm -hmm. right? We learn by doing. So if you're not doing, you're not learning, you're not going to get better. Of course, you put your first book out, you get done, you go back and look at it in six months and you're like, oh, this is horrible (laughs) because you've learned, right? Right. And the great thing is, is that you can go back and you could make it disappear, right? You could could self-edit and take it down and uh, uh, redo the book. There's all kinds of things you can do if you choose to, or you just like a lot of authors are, it's like time marches on. I'm going to work my way through the series. When I'm done, I'm starting this new series. And they just, you know, keep with what they love to do the most, which is write new stories. Yes, and yes. over time, and that's that's what we see as the overnight success, right? It's for them to get the right ideas and the right story and the voice for that particular series that takes off. They did the hard work in the five series before that. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So... How do you get over the fear to actually press publish? You know, that, that's a good one. Um, because I think that uh, there's a lot of reasons why people don't press publish. And, you know, one of the things, like I mentioned, I really help a lot of beginning authors out mm-hmm. with the ideas of what to do with their business. And I'll have a lot of them come to me and they'll be like, oh, do I need to set up a company? Do I need to do this? Do I need to, and they like, I, I can, I can tell pretty quickly now if they're just trying to do all this research and stuff, just because they don't want to publish. Right. And it's like, if, if your money, if your money's not going into 
editing and a good cover, then it's you shouldn't be spending that money in the beginning. And then you have to, to press publish. And I, I think that um, the best thing that I've seen for doing that to get over that is to, to find some peers that are in the same place as you and, and be accountable to each other to hold, say, hey, you know, I want this book to be done, you know, February, 2022. Yes. And we commit, like, if that means that you're going to have to come over to my house and help me push the button, we're going to do that. <laughs> um, and, and I remember, um, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, Krishan was a keynote speaker and she was at 20 books and she was talking about just that, like her first book, she kept going she had Michael Anderley on the phone and he's just like hit publish, hit publish. And it was like, it's, she had, she had to have that, that coach and that person to be like, yes, you just do it. Right. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and no, it wasn't a wildly successful book. No, most people's first book isn't, but now you've gotten through that first phase, right? You are now a published author yes. now different than all the people out there that talk about it. Mm, mm. And you can go back and go like, Oh, wow. Um, here's what I could do better next time. Yes. Um, and uh, that now we get back into where it's just like a business, like it's a rinse and repeat process. Mm. You have to just keep write a new book, publish it, <laughs> market, <another> book, <laughs> market. Yeah, right. Like, um, and and then you find out pretty quickly that that's all your fans really want. It's like, oh, I really like your stories. I would like you to write a book as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of back to your thing is like that, um, that the deep fear of pressing publish comes out, I think mostly of it's no longer just this idea and this fantasy that you can have in your head. It's now in reality and there's going to be judgment. Yes. There's going to be your self-judgment and there's going to be the marketplace's judgment. Mm-hmm. But that's what you signed up for. <laughs> that, like, the, you know, capitalism and the market economy is judgment valued in dollars, right? I, yes. I'm going to say, this book, I am prepared to give you $3.99 for in digital form because I think I'm going to get more than a 399 experience out of it. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and that's hard, especially for the author, because so much went into that process to make that possible for one person to pay you 399 for. Yes, yes, right. yes. So, and, uh, sorry, sorry, carry on. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no. So I was just thinking about, um, you know, this imposter syndrome. I mean, I've, I've experienced it as I'm writing. I'm thinking, who's going to want to read this? This is nonsense. No one's going to want to read this. Why am I doing this? Um, I, I'm not good enough for this. And I mean, this is something that I work with all the time, right? I work with people who have fears. So it's ridiculous, really. But we human. And um so how many people actually leave their projects, leave their books in the middle because they say, you know what, I can't do this anymore because I'm, I'm just not good enough for this. And it might be a brilliant book, right? So how do people get oh. over that? Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, that that's kind of the heart of the whole thing in the sense of like, all the best books haven't been written, right? Like <laughs> there's so many books that have been abandoned just for what you're talking about. But I think that like for me, what, what I believe the imposter syndrome comes from is uh, uh, it's a perfectly natural thing for you to feel. Mm. It's not, it's not a feeling of your subordinate or inferior. It's, it's a feeling of uncertainty because you're in an uncertain situation. You're learning on the job. You're learning yes. by doing right. Yes. Like yes. Um, even if you're, following somebody's uh, process, right? You mm. bought a course or you're in a group that's talking about this stuff. In the beginning, you're, you're trying to figure out like, am I doing it right? Um, and 
we all have this just this natural um, concern of of wanting to put our best work out there. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's when if you can start to change your mindset around it, it's like you're you. It's normal like to feel the imposter, right? Yes. And I think what's important for authors to understand is like becoming successful doesn't change that. <laughs> what success brings you is more responsibility because now you've got more skin in the game, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. if I don't write another good book, this could all stop tomorrow. Or at least that's what you like that my clients that are doing really well with this, you know, now they, they have, an, uh, they, they put an enormous amount of pressure on themselves um, either mentally and, and or financially, right? Because mm-hmm they have this commitment that they make to their fans that they want to keep them happy and success and, and continue to succeed. Yes. And then as their business scales up, well now like maybe I've retired my husband or wife, maybe I've got two or three people that are working for me full time doing all this stuff. So if my books mm. don't succeed, like I've got a real business now that could fail. Right. So yes. <laughs> it's, it, 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 I, I think that's something for uh, with, with, with all of this stuff, we get on this treadmill, we put ourselves on this treadmill where it's like, okay, I just got to get through this part because then I'm going to get to where I make six figures and then things are going to be different. It's like, mm. well, yeah, they will be different, but it's not necessarily easier. Yes. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> so you... So, Yes. So, so I would I, I would caution anybody that's like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this so I can get to that other side of whatever that goal is. Um, enjoy where you're at. And right now, you know, the, the, the best thing you can do in the beginning stages when you're doing that is like, okay, I'm planning on putting out a book that's not going to be my best book, mm. but I'm putting a book out. And it's going to be out on this date. And I'm, I'm making the commitment that my next book will be better. Oh, yes. and my next book after that will be better. And I'm going to do this. And along the way, I'm going to be building a business, not just selling books. This is where I think the, the, the train goes off the tracks for a lot of authors. Why they're like, I've put out 60 books and I still don't have an audience. It's like, well, let's back up and look at what happened. Well, you didn't build a coherent brand and business. Mm-hmm. You didn't collect your audience up. You didn't think about what you were doing to serve their unmet needs. What you did is you put a lot of books out and you jumped from genre to genre and series to series, hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And it didn't happen. Right. Right. right? Because you only get, you know, if you wrote 30 books, so you get 30 chances of catching the lightning. It's not a lot. Not when there's 3,000 books a day going out. Mm. Mm. Did that make sense? Yes. So what you need to do is you've got to start building your community and your readers as you publish or before you even publish, right? Or Yeah, well, let's not forget this. Like Again, this gets to you made a decision you want to earn a living from your writing. Mm. If you don't, if you just want to write a book and get it published, like... I mean, you, you could make the cover on your phone and just throw it up there and it's out and you're done. But if, yes, oh, yes. you want, you want another human being to give you their cold, hard cash, then you have to serve the market in a way that, 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 that deserves it. And mm-hmm. um, that's, that's where all the money comes from. People forget this. They think, oh, well, it's coming from Amazon, or Kobo or Apple. No, they're just middlemen. There's only one source of money in this industry, and that's the consumer, right? Mm-hmm. The reader, the listener. So if you're not focusing your business on how you serve them and how you connect with them, then the whole, this gets again to like, you're just putting out books. You're not thinking about how this is building a business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some of my most successful authors, what ends up happening is over time, is they learn how to serve a particular audience. It gives them the breadth to move around, to write what they'd like to write. But in Mm -hmm. the end, they've always got this framework of like, 
this is what my readers like, right? They want these kind of things in the story. They want it to be written this way. I'm always going to do that. And then like magic, every time they put a book out, it, it goes higher and higher in the ranks yes. because they're, they're delivering an experience over and over and over again. Right. And mm. we always forget, like, it's a lot easier to sell to a customer you already have than to finding a new customer. Yes. Yes. Right? We forget about that, right? So, so why wouldn't you like, okay, these people like what I like and it wasn't really my best work. Like I'm going to make sure that my next step is better and I'm going to mm. build a relationship with them and they're going to come on this journey with me. And, uh, I'm going to build this great story world and experience around what I love to write. And we're all going to have a good time and they'll just happen to give me a bunch of money while we do it. <laughs> yeah. I love, I actually love that. So again, I just wanted to ask you a question. What, what, what would make the difference between someone who throws out all those books just for fun and someone that has the business? When do you determine that? Do you determine it like before you start and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to build a business as a, an author or, or I know that's quite a random question, but just. No, it isn't. It's a, it, it's probably the most, maybe the most important question there is. If you're like, it, it, it gets to why, you know, we were talking earlier about what, what's the difference between success and failure? Mm -hmm. What is it my, what is it that my clients are doing that I don't see other people's other people doing? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I was talking with one of my clients who's really, really doing well in science fiction. Um, and he, he, we were talking about different people that have in the industry moved around from genre to genre. Mm -hmm. And um, and then they're wondering why, like, I've been around as long as you. Why is my career not taken off like yours has? It's like, well, you followed a different model. Like, you decided you were going to write this, and then you're going to move over there and write that. And that's not not a good not a coherent experience for an audience opposed to like i understand what my 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 target market wants right and i deliver on it and they're like yeah i like this okay keep delivering on it delivering on it delivering on it and that core audience builds and this gets back to what i was talking about earlier is if we mm. have that that um we retain the audience from the previous round to use in the second round. If, if, if it keeps growing 1% each time, there's this one round where it's like, it's three times the size as it was before. Yes. And when that, when that sick, when that launch goes into the market and Amazon sees those things, cause they're just amplifying the signal you send into the market, whether it's your audience or an advertising signal, they just amplify it. So they amplify it and it's like, oh, now they find a bunch more people like that and you retain them. And then you have these big step changes. And I think that a lot of the stuff I just have uh, been talking through is like, okay, these are the things I'm going to do to make sure the business is better six rounds from now mm -hmm. versus I'm going to get three books out in 90 days, right? Mm -hmm. Very, very different mm -hmm. results. Mm -hmm. And, you know, any of the things like rapid release, um, you know, they, they, they lose their efficacy over time. Yes. But if you have, a, if you have an audience and you, you treat them like human beings, not transactions, they stick around. Right. They'll yeah. be here now. They'll be here 10 years from now. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and if you're, if you're a super author, what ends up happening, this is what people like JK Rowling, her fans are actually making new fans, like literally having other human beings and then indoctrinating them into the cult of Harry Potter, right? Do you think a, a rabid Harry Potter fan gives their kid any chance of not having Harry Potter read to them? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, exactly. That's the thing that we got to think about is that whole experience is like, why is it that Star Wars is however many years old it is now and it's you know it's a way of life for people it's not just a, a movie right dune mm. big deal right now that book mm. was written the year i was born wow you know? <laughs> and it's had multiple movies made off of it because it resonates with an audience that and they associate their identity with that that's a very different approach what i just said right i'm mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna create this experience where people 
are going to connect with my characters and, and, and they're going to want to be in those relationships versus I'm going to put out a lot of books. Ah, I love that. I love that. So it, it boils down because I mean, a lot now generally um, with COVID and everything, we've realized how important community is, right? So it's a, a similar kind of, of, of thing where you have to con- make, create a community with your, or with your readers and connect with them really on a, on a, on an authentic level, not just like, as you said, as a, as a transaction. So it's actually really a beautiful thing. Well, you, you think about it, it's a, a huge differentiator that you can, and then this is in my, my advantage book. This is one of the big things is like, if you build a community that helps people or gives people a place where they can have sanctuary from the endless assault on their attention of people trying to sell them stuff. Yes. Then they're going to hang out there naturally. I don't know what you're like, but I know for me, the products, the stuff that I, that I love and I want, um, you can't sell me. I buy. Right. Yes, and I, and yes. I make a decision and it's an emotional decision I make. And then I rationalize it. I don't need your help rationalizing some of my purchases. Right. Yes. Um, and I think here's, here's a little something I've been thinking about. It's like, you, I'll give you an, I'll give you an example of this. Um, so I bought um, a, a set of headphones on Amazon and it was, it was a set of headphones that had a lot of reviews brand page, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, 90 days, or, uh, they had, you know, a 90 day return policy with um, Amazon, but like five months out, they fail, can't hold a charge. So I've, I've, re- I've Amazon, no recourse. In fact, Amazon's taken all their products down. They're not on Amazon. Anymore. Oh, well, I go to their okay. website, I go to their website, and I've written them multiple times. Hey, mm-hmm. your product's junk. I want to, you know, I want to get it a uh, replacement. Um, no reply, even though they say they're going to get back to me in 24 hours. <laughs> so we're in this world where brand promise is so important mm-hmm. because now I go and I spend double the money on a set of Apple headphones. These, these ones. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because I course. know, I know the, the higher quality, they're going to stand behind their product. The experience I'm going to have is like everything else I had. And now I'm kind of kicking myself. Like, why didn't I do that in the beginning? Right. Yes. And I tell you that story because we're no different in our business. When you're a writer and uh, you're writing urban fantasy, mm. um, are you the Chinese headphones that are going to fail in 90 days? Or are you the Apple headphones? Well, if you want to be the Apple headphones, then you got to stick around and prove your Apple headphones. You can't just expect the marketplace to go, oh, Karina's Apple headphones. We're just going to give her that money now. <laughs> you have to do, you have to do the work. Yeah. If yeah. you do, right, then you end up like my clients where they're 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 just making money doing the stuff that they love the most. Mm. Um, but it didn't happen overnight. It was because they they treated it like a business and they grew it and they understood that their customer experience trumped everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also, um, I know we're running out of time. I just wanted to ask you this quickly. Um, it's very difficult also as a writer, as a creator is to actually change that mindset from creating all the time to making this a business, right? Because you want to make money out of all these creations that you're doing, but how do you balance your time or how do you actually change your mindset to say, hey, this is a business. You need to start making money off this. Just. Yeah. So I'll come at that a couple of ways. So one is a big mindset thing. Yes. So um, if you go back and you look over um, the richest people in history for the last 200 years. Mm. The people that come that are at the top, it changes all the time, but the people that are at the top all have come from some type of massive creative experience. Mm. Right? Um, J.D. Rockefeller is, you know, 
figuring out how to use hydrocarbons, right? Like where he made his money was originally it was to replace whale oil, right? It was kerosene as lighting. It wasn't for gas for cars yet. Or Vanderbilt with transportation or Gates with com computers. So massive um, wealth for, and, and well-being for our the humanity comes yes. out of creation. Yes. So when you look at your business as a creative enterprise, you're going to create something, mm. right? This business has a purpose um, to provide a positive cash flow to investors, right? It's got to fulfill your need for that. But like it for that to do that, it has to do something. It has to create literally wealth from nothing, right? Yes. Um, yes. Um, so I think for some people, just getting that mindset that oh, this is a creative enterprise like anything else. If I if I let my creative juices flow, I can think about this differently. Versus business being okay, I need to understand tax law. I need to understand this. That's not what that. Those are tools. Yes. Those are things yes. that we use to minimize how much cash and expenses we lose in that process. Mm. Um, but when you when you really think about that that your your business just like your books is something that you're creating, um, and that you're 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 not just this isn't just a thing to sell books right like what's the purpose that that really is about that mindset the purpose of this business is to to be this vehicle for this customer experience well then it become you make very different decisions yeah. very different yes right? yes um, and and what what you may think of, and this gets back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like, okay, well, as impatient as I am to make this happen, it would be such a good customer experience to see my books with really great covers, well edited, come out three weeks apart. Um, and I know that I don't have the stress of getting those books written. So to do that, that means I have to save $5,000 or $8,000 or whatever that number is. I need to write these books. I need to get it all done. And then you see a different plan, right? It's like, okay, this is a three-year business. Mm, mm. It's not a 30-day business, right? That's the part that is really deceiving um, is there's so much stuff out there like you can make a million bucks writing contentless books. No, you can't. Yes, yes. It's like, I know some of that stuff is, where do you come from with this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Joe, um, this has been so cool. We could speak forever, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I know you've got your uh, time constraints. So tell us where we can find you and all about your cool tools as well. Yeah. So um, what I, if you're an author and you're looking to do a couple things, like use that tool. So joesolari.com, so that's J-O-E-S-O-L-A-R-I.com. That's my website. And there you can learn more about me and you can learn about some of the stuff that I have. One of the things which is absolutely free is a tool that, uh, and the link is right at the top of the page. It's the Author Capital Planner. So you only have to really remember that one uh, URL. You go there and you'll see it at the top. And you can go in there and it's designed in a way to, you know, there's a video to show you how to use it. You, it's all web-based. You, you build out your thing and then you can either screenshot the results or print them out, whatever you want. And that's a great way to kind of test things out and figure out like, what would it really cost me to do a book a month, right? Like mm -hmm. even if you're capable of writing a book, you might not be able to financially fund a book a month. So that's one. Um, I've got a couple of things that people may be interested in. Um, there is uh, my book Advantage, which is the work that I've done around marketing in the publishing industry. And you can buy it at all the main bookstores. You can also buy it direct. Um, I, I do a bundle on my website, which is the ebook and the um, audio book. You just go there and you can see, follow the links and it'll get you there. The other thing I do is a, uh, uh, book called Treat Your Writing Like a Business, which also comes with a little bit of a course, um, which is focused on a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, mm -hmm. um, the underlying like uh, structures and tools to make you treat your writing like a business. So it, it kind of walks you through my process and explains why you do these things. And it's really designed in a way, like everything I talk about is 
you know, before you buy anything from me, you need to have your money going into good book covers and editing, right? Because yes. that makes a product, right? Yes, and we get yes. that product out in the market. Now you have some results, right? Mm-hmm. Then think about mm-hmm. buying, buying some of this other stuff. But um, that's another way people distract themselves, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to go take this course and I'm going to do this. And then, yes, yes, yes. You got to uh, learn by doing Yes. So you've got all these courses and you think, oh, I need this course. And you go and buy the courses and then you don't have time to do it. Because, uh, it's, 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 it's really a horrible thing. Yeah, I'm there too. Yeah. <laughs> I just did it myself. It's like, I'm in this thing and I'm like, I really good stuff. Um, you know, but it's like, I, I've got a lot of just day-to-day stuff I have to get done. So I have to give myself permission. Like, okay, I'm going to do this over the next year. It's not going to happen six months and all of a sudden, everything just transformational. That's what they sell you, right? But- yes, yes. <laughs> it's great sales. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. But before I go, what change yeah. do you want to be in the world? What change do I want to be in the world? That's a great question. Um, I, I want to um, help people to realize their dreams, right? In the sense of around this, this publishing thing, right? Mm. I want people... Um, like my tagline is, is that I help authors build great businesses. Right? And mm-hmm. I, 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 through my experience and just how life has kind of brought me on a certain path, I, I've got a, a unique set of skills and experience to help authors do that. And I want, I want to make it as easy as possible for them to, to create what they want to create. That doesn't mean that it's going to not be hard, just that I can help them not make a lot of mistakes that other people make. Mm-hmm. And if anything, some of the stuff I've said here may be really discouraging, right? It's yes. Like, you're telling me there's 3,000 books a day coming out. The probabilities of success are the same as they were before. But all of my clients... None of them were people that would ever gotten a traditional deal or went off to get their MFA in creative writing or were setting out to do this. They started writing because they, they, they were either looking to write a book that they had in them or they were looking to write books that they wanted to read mm-hmm. um, or they just had a dream of always being an author and telling these stories that were flying around their head. And because they, they did it and they, you know, these are people that spent a lot of money with me to, to run their back office and, uh, and the coaching piece that we do, because that's how determined they are to be successful. Mm. Right. And just, you may be that determined. You just don't have that money. That's okay. Do the things we talked about. Start figuring out how to use that capital planner. Mm. Right. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing, Karina. If you just start using that, you're like shifting the odds in your favor so much compared to anybody else. It's just like, I'm going to write a book. It's like, okay, <laughs> I've got a plan. Right. Yes, I thought yes. this through. So uh, it's those little wins in the beginning that, that, that do accumulate to big mm. wins later. Mm. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. This thank you. Been, I really appreciate and honor and a privilege to have you. It's been like really cool. An hour just went by in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I, I love this stuff, so I can really talk. So I, I apologize. But, um, you know, I, I really believe we're in this golden age of content creation. And there's, the, there's people out here that are listening to your podcast that are going to create generational wealth off of the imaginary stories and characters in their head. Mm. and Mm. that's the world we live in it they if they want that to happen if that's part of their their life plan then like we've covered a lot of good stuff here today that makes that easier so you know uh, i hope that we've got eliminated some of the fear that there may be and uh certainly you know understanding that you know imposter syndrome is that's the price of poker and when you're doing creative stuff is you're always (laughs) Yeah, very true. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. 
It's been awesome right. again, and we shall we shall chat again sometime, right? Okay, yeah, and if you love this, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening, and thank you for listening right to the end. Now, if you want to know more about breaking fear and if it's keeping you stuck, check out the quiz. The details are below. Subscribe so you can hear some more of this delicious um, conversations and then watch out for my book the clank of chains which is coming out very soon thank you again for being here and we will see you next time bye mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner